Hey everybody, welcome to Save Your Sorry. The podcast where we talk about the rise and fall of a celebrity. And do some trash talking along the way. He takes that 5%. Jose Angel. Georgie Porgy Pudding Pie kissed the girls and made them bitches cry. Ooh. And I'm Rochelle. We are back after missing a week. Well, we missed a week? Yeah, it feels like forever, though. Man. I feel like we always here. Uh-huh. <laughs> but, you know, we had a huge fight. I got my tooth knocked out. We got some <laughs> tattoos of each other. And I beat up your mom and you beat up my dad. Yeah, a couple unreleased diss tracks. Yeah. But, you know, that's oh. all water under the bridge. But wait, that wasn't us. That was Blueface and Krishan. <laughs> Our <laughs> last was. episode. Yeah, and there's been a little bit happening since. Already? Yes, and uh, surprisingly, it does not involve Krishan directly. So, in this update with Blueface, it is uh, funny because in the episode that I did over Blueface and Krishan, I had said at one part, like, you know, Blueface has been, you know, arrested and questioned a bunch more things that weren't really relevant at the time, so we didn't mention it. Funny that uh, altercation that he was involved in, I didn't mention, happens to pop up, but here we are now. So, back in October, Blueface and um, a bunch of his people, entourage, friends, whoever, were at like a strip club down in Las Vegas. And some unrelated party, specifically one person, got into a fight with Blueface and his entourage, uh, allegedly got jumped. And then left and I think like hopped in his truck at that time as well that the guy has left uh, Blueface and his entourage also are, uh, have left the strip club. And a video actually just came out like a day or two ago showing this alleged altercation and it's pretty straightforward. So just saying unless somebody really uh, looks like Blueface and wants to take the charge, I don't know how I'm getting out of this one. But it basically shows that whoever this guy was who allegedly got jumped into uh, jumped at the strip club was in his truck and I guess yelled something like who hit me or who who did that or whatever. And then you see a man who resembles Blueface in height and weight into the frame in and out of the frame but allegedly goes to the truck when it rolls in the frame and starts shooting inside of it Ooh. and then takes off. This happened, as far as I know, he was not arrested at the scene. Nothing happened then. He was just a person of interest, a suspect. He was arrested November the 15th on Tuesday in Las Vegas in front of Lolo's Chicken and Waffles with Krishan with a whole bunch of undercover uh, police officers for that event that took place. And then he was charged with attempted murder with the use of a deadly firearm and discharging a gun into a house, building, vehicle, or craft. So mm -hmm. he got arraigned for those charges. He was granted a bond, $50,000, and he's out. So we don't know what's going to happen, but we know that attempted murder is not a joking charge. So it uh, just depends on the lawyers, depends on how hard the evidence is witnesses uh, who decide to come forth as well as who decide to stay 
Because, you know, you, you have X amount of people willing to say something now, and then as time changes and passes, that might not be the case. So. Yeah. It sounds pretty open and shut, though, on that video you're describing. Oh, yeah. That video is like, like I'm saying, it's, 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 it's a smoking gun. Like, unless... Literally. <laughs> <laughs> damn, it is. It's like, we know people to get off, off scot-free or very uh, off lightly. But with the video, it is very hard unless somebody does claim that it is them in that video and not Blueface or they decide not to use or, or the video isn't uh, used as evidence, which I, I would find very hard to believe. I mean, and they have to stick with eyewitnesses. And you know, maybe these that lawyers, they can play tricks and get that thrown out of court so easy. That's true. That's true. So you better hope that there's no photos of him tying himself to look like he's in that type of uh, outfit that he was seen in uh, allegedly seen in this video shooting at this person in their car That's but also true. and i didn't mention this because it is a rumor who knows but the one of the rumors i heard is that this guy allegedly got jumped in the club by blueface in his hey girl <laughs> <laughs> She's in that mic, in that mic. Oh, yeah, one of the rumors was uh, allegedly this man got jumped in the club by Blueface and his entourage because he was saying that uh, that they were picking up chicks and busted-ass cars or something like that. And I'm like, that can't be the reason. People do stupid things for dumb-ass reasons, but please tell me you ain't jumping people in the club and shooting at them because they said that you're picking up bitches in ugly cars. Uh, you know... I feel like it could be that reason. Who knows? But yeah, either way, um, I don't know how this is going to end for Blueface. But it's not like he was on um, a high trajectory before this. So yeah, um, two things before we move off of this. One, I know you said in the other, in the Blueface and Trishon episode, it was just a very, it wasn't a deep dive. It was a shallow end. Mm-hmm. And that episode was still two hours. And afterwards, I'm like, damn, there was a lot we did not cover just because yeah. <laughs> there was so much. These motherfuckers <laughs> got a lot on their plates. They really do. I, I feel like we got the most important ones, but it was a, a lot on there. And two, I just love the idea of undercover cops. I just picture them like ones eating chicken and with a fake wig on and gets him. Oh know, my gosh. Like in the movies. Yeah. Uh, or the server is a cop. Oh my goodness. I'd love that. I don't think undercover cops look as undercover as they think they do nowadays. No. Though. They really don't. But thank you so much for giving us that update. So we shall continue with our regular program. Oh, of course. Uh. <laughs> Today, we are talking about some scandals that happened on the radio. On the radio. <laughs> that was almost going to be my opening little quip, but I was like, I'm just going to sing it if I say that. Hey, you know me. <laughs> I can't miss a, a chance, unfortunately. Are you a big radio listener? Or maybe I should be like more specific. Do you listen to the talk shows, the radio DJs? Um... <laughs> yes and no, right? So I'm in a different car than I'm used to where it has Bluetooth, but I do not know how to work it. So unfortunately, <laughs> I have to listen to the radio <laughs> and I can't listen to my Bluetooth on the phone anymore. 
So I do find myself listening to quite a bit of ads mixed in with radio DJ mixed in with a sliver of music. Yeah. Especially in the last maybe three or four months, but I wouldn't say it's a lot of it. So uh, I don't listen to like NPR or stuff like that. So talk radio. Yeah. When I was younger, you know, they always had those little segments of is my husband cheating or Mm -hmm. prank calls. Definitely. Little tell tell us a story or something but i was never really there for the radio it was just something that came on between the songs and usually i didn't hear the ending because the car ride ended now i just go to podcasts if i want to hear talking i guess <laughs> <laughs> but we have some stories of scandals and tragedies that have happened and the radio personalities behind them first up let's set the scene Singer Taylor Swift is having a meet and greet before a concert on June 2nd, 2013. Okay. Do you know of her little, little singer named Taylor Swift? Um, I've Taylor Swift? Taylor Swift? It might be Swift. It's Swift. Swift. Oh, like Swifter. Mm-hmm. I'm afraid not. I'm afraid not. I have not. I was, that that name sounds very foreign to me. Um, Albanian is she? <laughs> um, well, she recently had you know all top ten songs on the top one hundred or whatever it was. But yeah, <sighs> ah, must have missed her. <laughs> must have missed her. <laughs> but yeah, Taylor Swift. I think <laughs> without saying she's just one of those names. But Taylor is approached by David Mueller and his then girlfriend and coworker. Shannon Melcher. David was working at the radio station KYGO. I, I, I'm sorry. I thought you really were going to go K, KY Jelly. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't think that's radio friendly. Yeah, I don't think so either. <laughs> and when they approach Taylor, she thanks them for coming to the show. And he lets her know that he's with the radio station and they pose for a photo. <gasps> oh. Taylor is in the middle, Shannon Melcher to her left, and yeah. David to her right. Pretty much a standard meet and greet photo. Yeah. And the photo is done. More people approach. Your standard meet and greet process, you know, over and over again. Hi, thanks for coming to the show. Thanks so much. Bye. Well, after the meet and greet is over, Taylor goes to her dressing room and tells her mom, Andrea, that while they were taking the photo, David put his hand up her skirt and cupped her ass. Yeah, I remembered as you were telling it. I totally forgot about this story, but it was a big story when it first came out. Mm-hmm. Taylor also tells a member of her management team, Frank Bell. Frank Bell, along with Taylor's mother, would talk with security, and it's, the decision was made to remove David before the concert was set to start. Mm-mm-mm. And Frank Bell lets the concert venue know what happened, and he also calls David Mueller's boss. And he also calling everybody, man. You getting arrested? You getting blackballed? Yeah, he he called his boss, and he also contacts KYGO's vice president Robert Call. Oh, the presidente. Vice president. Oh, vice president. <laughs> Big Cheney. <laughs> Letting him know the situation and pretty much tells him, you need to handle this. He tells Call he needs to investigate it and he knows Call will take appropriate action. This would come up later because the whole time David Mueller 
the alleged groper is saying it didn't happen. Mm-hmm. Shannon Melcher is saying she didn't see it happen. I mean, how could you? Why would you? How could you, girl? Yeah, she was standing right next to Taylor, but she's not looking at her back. Exactly. And Shannon also said she wouldn't expect that out of David. Robert Call later says Frank Bell did not ask him to terminate or to even suspend David, but to investigate, and that's what Robert Call does. David Mueller is suspended. The Taylor team sends over a photo. In the photo, they are posing there, and Taylor is smiling, but she does seem to be more close to Shannon. And David's hand is placed very low on her butt. Mm-hmm. Where the debate comes in is if his hand is under her skirt or not. And honestly, I saw this photo, you know, it's out there. And if I saw it without knowing it, I don't know if I could tell his hand was under her skirt. But would you be able to tell that it's maybe placed lo- lower than normal? Than oh, you can definitely back? tell it's on her ass. Yeah, you can tell it's on her butt. Then that's all that yeah. I would probably need to see, basically. <laughs> that's, yeah. Right. I'm just saying right there, you, you can argue about if it's over or under, but it is on her Yeah, butt. yeah. I get you. David's excuse to why his hand was so low is because he originally wasn't supposed to be in the photo and then jumped into place. His hand initially touched Taylor's rib area. He lowered it. And that's what we're seeing. His hand in motion so far down. Yeah, that sounds like a weird ass excuse. Yeah, it's a meet and greet. I'm not supposed to be in the picture. So right before the 12, 15 seconds they give us the pose, I was really fidgety with my hands moving up. But man, shut the fuck up. Yeah. (laughs) After the photo is set to Robert Call, David is fired. But it's not the end end of this. Two years later, he sues Taylor Swift. Her mom, Andrea, and Frank Bell for defamation. He's claiming she tossed him his job and that she was lying. Taylor countersues for sexual assault and battery. He was suing for $3 million, but I also saw he said whatever the jury deemed fair. And Taylor sued for a symbol- symbolic $1. It's not the money that matters. It's the principle. Exactly. That's exactly the sentiment behind that. How very Trading Places of her. That's if you've ever seen the movie Trading Places. I know you haven't because, you you know, you're not cultured. (laughs) Okay. Some of the testimony that has come out of the trial is Taylor on the stand. When asked about it, she says it was definite. It was a definite grab, a very long grab. It was long enough for me to be sure it was intentional. He stayed on my bare ass cheek as I lurched away from him uncomfortably. The first couple milliseconds, I thought it must be a mistake. I moved over to the side very quickly. She was asked if he touched her anywhere else. She says he was busy grabbing my ass underneath my skirt. So he didn't grab it outside my skirt. Taylor was asked if she could see it happening directly. She responded she couldn't, quote, my ass is in the back of my body. Come on, let's talk about your ass. <laughs> I, I love how she's like not putting up with this shit. Like they're trying to and try to redirect her and try to say this and that. She said, no, bro, he's on my ass. Yeah, he's he's on her ass. She's she's just gonna tell her how it is. 
I appreciate that because this is what I will say. You know, there have been times in Taylor's career that I haven't been the most fond of her and not agreed with her actions. But I will say, I you, and not to say that she don't lie, but she doesn't really have a a, a history of lying. No, and not she has a history of maybe this. being silent. Maybe being on the wrong side of history, but not really lying. And not something about this. Like, this is something very, like, so very serious as well as it was kind of provable with the picture. Like, I, I, she saw, she, there was nothing for her to gain about lying about this. The, this local, this local radio DJ, who gives a fuck? Exactly. We gave a fuck because he was being nasty and disgusting. Taylor says when she told her mom, she told the photographer as well, and they said, quote, I know exactly which one you're talking about. I have a picture. So maybe the photographer didn't exactly know what was happening, but she knew something was off or maybe the hand was too low. Uh-huh. Taylor Swift's former bodyguard, Drake Dent, testified that he saw David put his hand up Taylor's skirt right before the photo. He said, I saw his hand under her skirt. Her skirt went up. She jumped and moved closer to Mueller's girlfriend. He continued, explained later that the reason he didn't intervene was because he usually waited for cues from Taylor and she didn't give any at the time. Okay. Okay, flag on the play. Now, 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 I'm I'm upset. I, I was already upset, but now I'm upset at Taylor's people. The bodyguard. What the fuck you mean? You didn't do. If I'm being held at gunpoint, <laughs> exactly. I'm not going to give any very obvious cues. <laughs> I need you to jump in, but if you see it, I'm gonna need you to say something. So. <laughs> Uh, I see why he is former bodyguard. <laughs> your ass would have been fired ASAP because, th- th- I mean, this is your job. You think you think Julius is on the sideline of somebody groping no. you? Say? That <laughs> motherfucker ain't got no spine no more. What do you mean? That's no. Yeah, I was waiting for her to give me a cue that her body had been violated before I had done my job. Yeah, he saw it directly. And yeah, and that's you saw you testified t- testified that you literally saw the exact moment, and you were like, "Well, maybe she knew that that was supposed to." Like, why did you? That's that's crazy to me. That that bodyguard's a, a dumbass. He also testified. I don't know the exact quote on it, but that Taylor was too friendly sometimes with the fans. Like, stopping to get an autograph is different than letting a grown-ass man grab her ass. Yeah. He got fired the the the, <laughs> the 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 minute after she secured that he, he had to be a witness. Cause, uh, this is ridiculous. And Taylor was asked on the stand if she was critical of her bodyguard for not stopping David. She said, I'm critical of your client sticking his hand under my skirt and grabbing my ass. Thank you, because the answer is yes, he was fired <laughs> that security guard, but we are not deviating from what has happened. 
Yeah, let's we keep our talk about that. We talking about that. Yeah, Taylor would go on to say she went on with the meet and greet afterwards to not disappoint the other fans. The jury made up of six women and two men after four hours of deliberation found Taylor not liable for, I think it's torturous interference, torturous, torturous interference maybe, <laughs> meaning she did not cause him to get fired in like a defamation legal way. Uh-huh. And Taylor won her countersuit and David was ordered to pay $1. Which Page Six reported he did pay using a Sacagawea gold coin, and he intended the coin to be a final jab at Taylor Swift. Which I don't understand what that means, but whatever. That's how it was reported. Man, David just better be happy that Taylor went for the symbolic victory because I would have went from the bankrupting your nasty perverted ass victory. Yeah, she, and she could have. She really could have. I, I and I don't. I don't know. Sometimes I you can admire that, and sometimes you don't. I because I, what the fuck does this did this man learn? Nothing. Yeah, he might be a little blackballed, blacklisted from radio DJ now because he's a perv. But that's about it. I don't think he really got punished, but because I I don't understand the psychology of that. Your nasty ass really thought that, like, she was going to not say anything or you she was going to enjoy that or wanted that, and you were supposedly in front of your girlfriend? Sick. I think it's the confidence of a straight white man that he could just grab her ass. Mm, I need the oh. white man confidence. Oh. <laughs> As for David, he now works in Radio Den under the name Stonewall Jackson. Delta See, he didn't even get blackballed. He did not get blackballed. Delta Radio CEO says he sat down with David in a face-to-face -face meeting, and he believes David. He says David is either the world's best liar or he is telling the truth. This, of course, drew outrage from Taylor Swift fans, and the CEO, Larry, responded, it's just people who don't have a clue or don't really have any knowledge of the facts. And... I didn't look into it, but Stonewall Jackson is a Confederate soldier's name, so I don't I don't know yes. if that has to do anything. It don't bode well for anything else that we know about this man. <laughs> that is so crazy. And we talk about this. We talk about how do like people that have predatory behaviors get into these positions and all these nasty ass men, women's how how do they get into these high positions, high, middle, low, whatever? But it's just like we keep the cycle going. This man, maybe not criminally, but civilly, was proved to be a nasty man and a liar, and we he still gets his broadcasting career, therefore still promoting that type of culture. Like, what if he has another person, whether it be a woman or a man? who is being harassed and they feel like they can't say anything. Cause Oh, this man, this is the one who got, he literally uh, sexually assaulted Taylor Swift and he's, he's back on the station has his own little hour. Yeah. It kind of empowers them to keep it just, doing yeah. it. You just keep on going. Someone would go on to email a bomb threat over him being hired, but it was <laughs> determined to be a hoax after the dogs went in there, snipped it out. Nothing. 
turned up. But that is the bomb that shitty ass station. (laughs) And that was KIX 92.7. And that is the end for that one. Taylor Swift did put a $1 bill in the music video. Look what me, look what you made me do, which a lot of fans speculate it's to symbolize that. That's another thing about Taylor is that, uh, Motherfucker does everything for a reason. <laughs> so, yes, if there was a dollar in a fucking video, it definitely was about that. Yeah. So, taking a turn towards another story. And this one could have been avoided, but sadly, the DJs just didn't listen. Are we talking about Rihanna Ponda Replay? No. Oh. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know what that is. It's, it's just funny that you said that. God, mess that did. I don't miss the DJ when you turn the music out. They wasn't listening. Oh my God. Okay. <laughs> On January 12, 2007, KDND, the end morning show, Morning Wave, had a contest called Hold Your Wee for a Wee. This is Wait, a morning. I'm sorry, hold on. What year again? 2007. Okay, now it makes more sense. This is a morning show, so it did happen in the morning, roughly starting around 6:45 a.m. Mm. And there was around 17 to 20 people participating. I could not get an exact number. Some people say 17, some people say 20. Now, with the name "Hold Your Wee for a Wee." What do you think the contest was about? Um, they have to hold their piss for a Wii Nintendo console. Oh my god, you're a genius. I know, right? Sometimes <laughs> this brain does work. <laughs> <laughs> so, 2007, the Wii is out. People are loving it. What happens when all these new game systems are out? They become hard to get. So mm-hmm. the radio show, Morning Wave, was doing a contest where the contestants would have to drink water without using the restroom. It first started with just eight ounces of water every 15 minutes. But then as the time went on, they were given more and more water at each interval. Well, that's what it was billed as, but instead of starting at eight ounces, they started at 16 ounces and only did a 10 minute break. So they could get more of a reaction from the contestants. Mm-mm-mm. I didn't know that they were force feeding them water. That's different. That's a different type of whole jewelry. It's you making me pee. Yeah, it's like... different. If I have to hold on to what I have made, <laughs> I've already <laughs> conjured up in my body. Yeah, one of the contestants was Jennifer Strange, a twenty-eight-year-old mother of three who joined the contest to win the Wii for her children. Oh shit. Jennifer spent her time talking with other contestants and showing them photos of her children. As the contest went on, people started feeling sick, and not only from, you know, just feeling their bladder full, but physically sick. It's a radio show, so they have callers call in, and one of the callers claims to be a nurse and tells the DJs that it could be very dangerous and that it could even result in death. The DJs laugh it off and say they signed a waiver, so it's not their fault, and that they would throw up before they got to that level. So it's all cool. I love when regular people who do regular jobs all of a sudden act like they know shit. (laughs) 
Oh, no, they'll throw up before they die. So you, you nurse, doctor, practitioner, physical therapist, you know fucking nothing. Yeah. And the contestants can't hear these calls because they're in a separate room. So they're not hearing these. They're going to die calls. Yeah, these warnings, they're going to die calls. Also, the contestants now claim the waivers only mention publicity stuff. Nothing of health, like you're going to get sick. Another nurse calls in and says to at least give them salt or Gatorade because the water is going to cause water intoxication. Mm-hmm. So water intoxication is something that happens when sodium levels and electrolytes are too low or too diluted in the body. People start experiencing confusion, disorientation, nausea, and vomiting, and really like you're drunk. Two years prior to this contest happening, Matt Carrington, a 21-year-old college student, died from water intoxication during a hazing incident. And one of the DJs even brings him up, saying that poor kid in college. But the other DJs say he was doing other things. So they know, like, you know, it can be dangerous and they're getting these calls about it not being safe. They like, bro, content. Yeah, they they keep going with the contest. People start vomiting, which sort of causes a chain reaction of it. You know, one person vomits, it makes other people vomit. Yeah, hey, this is what they said. People vomiting. Are they going to stop it now? No. Oh, shit. And they are feeling drunk, disorientated disorientated and dizzy and the whole time the DJs are just cracking jokes Mm-mm-mm. one of the girls who was in the contest says that like she would have stopped if she was in the right frame of mind but they just came with the water and she like was kind of confused so she just drank it because they were telling her to drink it by the end of the three hours Jennifer comes in second and is thought to have drank two gallons of water in three hours Jennifer calls a supervisor to tell her she wasn't coming in and was going home and that her head hurt really bad. And then she talks to a coworker who said Jennifer was crying and that was the last time anyone talked to Jennifer. Her coworker would go on to call her mom, Jennifer's mom, who found Jennifer at her home dead. The next day, the morning wave is suspended. And a few days after that, all DGs are fired. And the morning rave is suspended indefinitely. Ten people ended up being fired. I saw that they had three hosts and two other personalities, whatever that means. Mm-hmm. And the other five were just like employees. But the three hosts or DJs, Adam Lucas Cox, Steve Maney, and Patricia Trish Sweet would all go on to host other radio shows. Because that's what you do. Yeah, the family of Jennifer Strange would end up suing Intercom, the company that owned the radio station, and won $16.5 million, which is a great payday and a win for the family, but I'm sure they would rather have Jennifer back, who was a daughter, mother of three, and wife. And it's it's sad, and it like pisses me off, because this was just like a happy little contest, I don't think... The people joining it would think, oh, it could end up in death. And I do blame the DJs because they were warned. They knew other cases. It happened and they laughed it off for some publicity. Yeah, um, I'm kind of just 
just kind of done because, of course, they went on to get fired but get hired eventually doing other things when it was essentially all their fault. You can say that maybe um, you can give them the benefit of the doubt all up until the throwing up situation, which they don't even get that much grace from me. But let's say you did give them that much grace. When the contestants started throwing up, you knew pretty much it was over. It needed to be it needed to be stopped, canceled. They needed to receive some sort of medical attention. And then when instead y'all decide to laugh and keep going and then it's just a big joke. I mean, they deserved a lot more than that than what they got, especially since a life was lost. Yeah, I there was, you know, no criminal charges were ever brought up against them. And I frankly think there should have been. It's what? Involuntary manslaughter right there. Yeah. Like I think- your intention wasn't to kill people, but you embarked on something that you was uh, potentially dangerous and you had no safeguards in place. And even after the situation was uh, and when the situation became serious, knowingly to everybody, nothing still was done. They knew of a past case. They were getting calls. And yes. They were even given stuff that you can still have the contest going, but give them salt, give them Gatorade, give them something. And they refused any and all resources yeah. or options. So, yeah, they, they, they definitely partook in the the killing of that of that woman, Jennifer. And this last story is also tragic, but I don't know if there really is someone to place the blame on, really, which I guess we'll discuss at the end. Okay. On December 4th of 2012, the radio station Two Day FM, a radio station is in Sydney, Australia, performed a prank that had some unforeseeable consequences. The hosts, Mel Gregg and Mike Christian, were going to call in to the hospital Kate Middleton was at to see how fast they could be hung up on. At the time, Kate Middleton was pregnant with Prince George. Mike had started the previous day, and his end goal was to possibly get Kate on the phone. Mel thought they would just get hung up on, and I don't know if she opposed it at the beginning of the phone call or some point after the phone call, but it's it's reported at some point Mel opposed this idea. Okay. So Mel is the first to call in, and she's using a fake English accent. They said it was over the top, it was comical, and she's pretending to be Queen Elizabeth. They get in contact with a nurse named Jacintha Saldana. And Jacintha was a nurse, and at the time, the hospital did not have a receptionist. So her job was also answering the phones. Jacintha, a 46-year-old woman with two kids and a husband, worked in London and lived in the nurse's quarters while her family lived in Bristol. And this was just for convenience. I tried to see how far Bristol and London are, and it says like two hours or something. So a long commute, so mm-hmm. she just lived for the conven- for the convenience. Yeah. So Jacintha is talking to Mel, who she believes is the Queen of England, and Mel says, oh, hello there. Could I please speak to Kate, please, my granddaughter? And so she transfers her to another nurse. The nurse is unnamed. She was the one in charge of Kate Middleton's primary care. 
and does release some information. Like Kate had some bad morning sickness, but nothing that extreme. Oh, shit. Okay. The call lasted about two minutes. This nurse thought it was off because in London it was around 5.30 a.m., which was early to be calling. And Mike coming in, acting like Charles, like made it a little over the top. So two minutes the call ends. They try and call back the radio station to get consent to release the audio. And there is five calls on record that they're calling the hospital, but the longest only lasted 45 seconds. So maybe the nurses realized they had been duped. They didn't want to talk to them anymore. Mm-hmm. But they didn't get consent, but passed it by their legal team, and they gave the okay to release the audio. December 5th, it is played. The pair are posting it on their social medias and talked about how it's such a funny story. And the news picks it up, talking about these two radio DJs trick these nurses about, you know, releasing the information. It's so funny. And back at the hospital, Jacintha writes two emails, one to the other nurse saying it's all her fault. She shouldn't be blamed for it. And she feels bad for transferring the call and getting her involved. And she wants to fix it. And it's now in management's hands. And she heard the accents and her mind went blank. I'm just paraphrasing that email, but that's the gist of it. Mm-hmm. The second email she sends, I believe to be her superior. And she's just apologizing to her about the incident. And she's saying she knows she broke safety procedures and is ready for her punishment, but is asking her to not punish the other nurse. She doesn't tell her family about the event, though she does talk to them, but she does tell her husband to watch the news, but not really specifying why. She just tells him to watch the news. I have heard the audio reporting of this little prank call. Um, not the original, but like people reporting on it. Mm-hmm. I don't know if she ever says her name or not, but somehow they like knew who this nurse was. Well, you just said that there was only so-and-so working there and then this and that. Sounds like the staff list wouldn't be a hard thing to get. That's true. I, I, I'm I, just saying, like, publicly. I don't know if oh. the hospital probably do, like, immediate, like, oh, Jacinta was the one working. This is her fault. But I don't know if the public knew her name. Okay, I got you. So December 6, 2012, so a day after the audio is released, two days after the phone call, Jacinta's family is not able to get in contact with her, and they reach out for help. December 7, 2012, the body of Jacinta is found in her apartment a few blocks away from the hospital. She had died by suicide by hanging herself and slitting her wrist. She left three suicide notes. I couldn't see that the notes were ever confirmed, but allegedly she blamed the radio show in one she criticized how the hospital handled the situation in the other one and she detailed what she wanted for her funeral in the third one Mm. jacinta's husband claimed she was not suicidal but it has been reported jacinta had tried to kill herself twice before and was currently on antidepressants as for mike and mel they suspended themselves when the news broke stepping away from hot 30 which would later be canceled The radio station lost sponsors for five days, and when they resumed sponsors, they said the money would go to benefit Jacinta's family, 
which was estimated to be a minimum of $500,000. They also put a ban on all prank calls on their station. I saw more, I saw investigations and inquisitions here and there, but nothing really came of those besides some training about ethics and a three-hour broadcast about bullying, depression, and anxiety. Jacintha was flown back to her home country of India and more than a thousand people attended her funeral. In June of 2013, Mike actually won an award for Next Top Jock Award, which many people found to be in bad taste because it was so soon after Jacintha's death. Uh-huh. Mike would say, quote, regardless of all that's happened in the past few months, I'm still at the top of my game, so it felt good to see my name at the top of the final leaderboard. In 2015, so two years later, he returns to Two Day FM. Mel Greg took three-year break and then went on to be in Celebrity Apprentice Australia in 2015 and co-hosting on 96.5 Wave FM for a bit. In March of 2022, she has come forward saying she carries a lot of guilt and has struggled with suicidal thoughts now, and it was hard for her to find work after this happened. She has apologized to the family and fully cooperated with an inquest when they were seen if there was any foul play. I think both DJs have shown remorse. Mike's comments might have come too soon afterwards but i'm sure he felt like it was a starting or turning point for him and i don't think they were malicious about the prank while it's a dumb prank why it's dumb to prank a hospital i don't see that anyone could have seen this coming i mean yes and no they didn't know that they were going to this was going to be a trigger to unintentional for, for, for a suicide. But what, 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 what would happen to somebody who, who were the way I think about it is that they were trying to do a prank and there was an objective to, to get information about Kate Middleton. Now, maybe they thought it was a long shot because it probably was, but that's what they wanted. So that's what they got. What is going to happen to any hospital worker who gives out confidential information? You're going to get fired. You are going to be heavily disciplined. I, I mean, that type of information is safeguarded. There are laws to protect it in America. I don't know about the UK or whatever the hell they got going on down there. But I know in America, if you got HIPAA, we have the, these HIPAA laws. That means you cannot violate confidentiality. You cannot give out people's private health information. You can't just look up people's files and say small things, big things, anything. It's all confidential. Yeah. So, yeah, it wasn't malicious as they wanted this to uh, trigger a suicide, but it, I mean, it, it was malicious nonetheless. So, yeah, I, I, do they deserve to be like tarred and feathered? Sure, whatever. You know, whatever. No. Because at the end of the day, this is this woman was going through something because of the 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 show as well as her personal demons as well as whatever the hospital decided to levy against her. So it wasn't just them, but I do think it is a little 
um, naive to say, oh, they didn't mean anything bad to happen. I mean, these pranks come with consequences. What they don't think about or care to think about or how bad the consequences will be. They try to minimize that. They try to ra they try to rationalize it like humans do with our bad decisions or bad behavior. But, you know. Yeah, I guess prank calls on radio shows is an American thing. Like, it's not that popular that I saw. That's how it kept being reported. That yeah, and in, in America, America, in America, a lot of them are, are very fake. Oh, very yeah. Very fake, because uh, you got to think about it. It's like, how do you sign up or, 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 or not how you sign up, but um, w if they're not bleeping things, most of this stuff is fake because you can't just put people's stuff out there. And I think because of maybe not this situation, because this is 2012, but other past situations with uh, people being negligent on the radio or getting in trouble for saying or doing things on the radio, that is why a lot of this stuff is fake and contrived. Because they don't want to get in trouble, but they still want to produce funny material. That's another thing that was coming up on here when people were like, if there should be charges or not, were because one, they recorded her without her consent. And I think in Sydney, it's illegal. I'm not too sure about all of Australia, but in Sydney, it's illegal. But then she was in the UK, so I don't know how that works out. And, mm -hmm. and two, some states are, are one party consent. Yeah. And Even here. Two, it was, they said she was able to be identified. So I, I guess she, maybe she did say her name. I don't know. But yeah, it's very unfortunate. I do hope her family has found some peace in all this. I don't know. It's just horrible because she leaves those two kids behind and her husband behind. And it's such a random thing like who thinks that you're going to get prank called and possibly lose your job over it yeah but those were just three stories that rocked the radio waves surprisingly or maybe not surprisingly there is a lot of racist ones out there <laughs> like <laughs> Wait, I don't know why that's why. Because that was the like, fucking racist shit out it there it was like all the ones I were finding were you know, the one of the most famous ones, I think, which I don't even know if it's radio, but it's always classified as radio, is when he said nappy headed hoes. Oh, fucking Don Imus. Uh -huh. Yeah. <laughs> fuck that man. He yeah, did. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of that. And like, Don Imus was an asshole. <laughs> a lot of, you know, it's like radio station host fired for calling them n-words radio station fired for making fun of asian people radio station fired for it's like almost too much like racism's never okay but <laughs> it's like a lot in the radio for some reason that i've seen mm -hmm. and that's why i'm just like it's the same thing with the whole you know actors and musicians like this the the to be on the radio, to be on TV, to be in movies, all this stuff, I feel like is a privilege. You do have to work at it. Well, some people have to work at it and, you know, um, learn their craft and others don't. But the point is, is that once you abuse the, the, this, this privilege, I just don't feel the need to hear or see you anymore. And I don't know if it was 
like two of the big ones are like Howard Stern, Rush Limbaugh, which their day would come on our podcast one day. But <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It feels like my mind always thinks of like Howard Stern, like the shock jock who says outrageous and offensive things. Mm-hmm. Like, is that where a lot of these DJs have kind of picked up from? That, oh, I have to be outrageous. I have to be cuckoo. I have to be crazy. I'm, I'm not saying all. I definitely think, definitely think Howard is, can be an inspiration. Howard's been on the radio for decades. I, I just don't And he's been doing the it. same thing for decades. I also. And he, he is one of the people with it. And I think, oh, and I hate, I hate the fact that he has a black co-host, this black woman co-host, who they do this this weird ass banter stuff that allows him to say the most foul shit, and she'll laugh it off because I guess that's his foot in the door to 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 say weird, inappropriate shit about. Does he has a black co-host? Yeah, black. She's a black woman. Her name's Robin something. Oh, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, it's, I mean, but the, I don't know. It's just outrageous to me, and we have to save most of our comments for our Howard Stern episode, though. But just how he can get a pass from so many people that are would condemn most of it. Like a lot of time, he's like seen as this smart person who's like wise and good, and it's like is he? He's mm-hmm. just from the clips I've seen, out of context, maybe. He's saying some really racist, low-down, not even funny shit. Yeah. And even him, if you notice his his contributions, what the fuck? His uh, controversies controversies have been a little bit less, have been more far and few in between. Even he's, you know, slowed down a little bit on just saying the worst shit ever. Well, I just like think he is not. I don't think he's as bad as he used to be in the earlier 2000s and 2010s. I think uh, other people have taken up what he did and just ran with it and uh, went further with it. Like I said, I think he's an inspiration, and these some people have modeled their careers after him or others, or, as well as decided that okay, I I can be better. I can take things further. I can do this. Maybe. I, I just I'll never understand it. Yeah. Especially not our generation, but Gen Xers, the generation before us. I see a lot of them like love Howard Stern and I just don't get it. Yeah. I don't I, I used to watch a, a few how never mind, I'm about to expose myself. I feel like maybe you would maybe be. Maybe I feel like the, he would be a Howard Stern fan. No, and that's not exactly what I'm... I'll, it's a twist. I'm not even going to finish it. <laughs> that's not why I used to watch Howard Stern. Why'd you watch Howard Stern? Now it's, not, <laughs> now it's coming off worse than it is. <laughs> Let's just say there was a particular reason I used to be interested in Howard Stern, and it wasn't his journalism. <laughs> You were attracted to Howard Stern. You're still wrong. <laughs> I don't know. To his co-host? No. What? I'm so confused. I'll tell you when we get off. Okay. <laughs> okay, but that is our episode, guys. Thank you so much for listening. We do still have our media to do. 
we like to end every episode on a positive note with some form of media we want to recommend, discuss, explore, talk about. Do you want to go first? Sure. 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 Okay, so... (laughs) Bro, okay, so let's let's talk let's talk about Shia LaBeouf for a second. So we did his episode a while ago, and you had talked about him being previously married to a, a woman named Mia Goth, <laughs> and that episode came and went. You know, I had my feelings about Shia LaBeouf and whatever. I didn't care anymore. So anyway, I was I've been watching reactions of uh, the new movie Pearl. And I had already seen, you know, X because it's supposed to be like a trilogy. So there was X and there's Pearl and there's supposed to be another one coming out. And um, for some reason, when people kept saying Mia Goth, I don't know why. I just did not think about Shia LaBeouf. So I'm, I'm seeing this woman act crazy. And I'm like, damn, this bitch can act. Let me look her up. And, uh, you know, Wikipedia, because I'm just trying to get to the the straight facts, whatever, what she's been in, whoever. And then personal life, it talks about her being married to Shia LaBeouf and having a child with him. And I was like, this is the woman? Yeah, they got back together, didn't they? Yes. First of all, that's another thing I didn't know. Because when we did the episode, that we didn't talk about that, them getting back together. Because they hadn't. Yeah, so it was just crazy that... I'm not a fortune teller. Well, you also didn't get an update either. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Shia LaBeouf got back together. <laughs> so I was just so shocked and surprised that this 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 off-the-hinges woman, this this off-the-charts acting woman uh, for this woman, this, 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 this character Pearl was Mia Goth, and Mia Goth was the woman who was with Shia LaBeouf, filed for divorce, got back with him, and then had a child. And I was just like, man, maybe this seeing the way she acted in the movies, how great of an actress she was. I was like, well, shit, makes sense. Uh, maybe they're made for each other. Maybe it's Maybelline. So, yeah, that's my media is the movie Pearl. It's a horror movie. Um, it's 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 out there. It's interesting. It's gory. Mia Goth, great actress. Uh, so great acting decisions. Uh, very dubious about her other decisions. <laughs> you know, I actually really, really wanted to watch Pearl, and she's the reason I did it. Really? Yeah, I don't want Did you wanna... watch X? Because she played both of the characters in that No, too. I wanted to watch that one, too. I didn't know they were related until like I started looking them up. Oh, okay. Um, but... I don't want to hold her, you know, accountable for her husband's for his, or boyfriend's sins, but yeah. At the same time, they got back together with it and popped out one of his one of his babies. Like FKA twins, I listen to her like at least once a day. Like I can't do that to her. You do love you some FKA twigs. Yeah, I was just for some reason you had said uh, honestly. Besides what you said about FKA twigs and Shia. I had pretty much erased everybody else's name from his story. So I had watched X and I still wasn't thinking about her, even though I was like, oh, she played both characters. Damn, she's she's great. But when Pearl came out, I was like, let me look this girl up. I got to see what else she was in. And then when it got to personal life and Shia LaBeouf, I was just like, 
Oh, damn. This I'm, is what they mean by great actors make terrible decisions. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure in that episode you called her like a no-name actress or something. Because I hadn't seen uh-huh. anything she was in. And then back to back, X and Pearl, and I'm like, damn, this bitch can't act. Loki, she should be nominated for some awards, but bitch, I don't want to hear you thank that man. <laughs> <laughs> and those are indie films, right? Like they're not big studio films. They're like A24. Yeah, 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 yeah. So not the huge one, but A24 is coming up. A24 is coming up. Anytime I go to a, fil- a film festival, their films are always the best. Yeah. So I'm not even a horror person, but watching people watch horror movies makes it easier for me to go to watch their reaction so i know what to expect so then i can watch the movie and not be like too freaked out you know what's so funny what i can't stand reaction videos like that like what in particular like people who watch movies or people who watch anything when the camera is just facing them and you just see their face like Oh my god! Like I, I can't like I don't like it. Like I, if it's funny videos, okay. But I just feel like most reaction videos, and I get they have to do it because they have to make content. But most reaction videos to me just seem like over the top. Like they're putting on this reaction. Well, that's why you gotta follow the right people. You know, you know, you know. You gotta have the right. And just, it, let me go through some of my favorite reaction channels just so and let me go to my particular uh poc reaction that either have one person of color or it's just a person of color so you got zavid hilarious then you have alanda parker hilarious you got cinnabinge react they're great you got Jimmy Macram. You got Chooses or Chu. I mean, these are people who 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 seem genuine as well as they don't seem put upon on their reactions. Like, because uh, I watch first, uh, you know, I, I watch movies that uh, I, I'm familiar with before I start watching the unfamiliar reactions. So you pretty much know that, oh, that, that part ain't serious. Why are they jumping like that? So I feel like you can gauge a reactor if you really like them uh, based off a movie you've already watched before. And then if you really like the reaction, watch all the other ones. But all the people I watch, I don't think they fake reactions. But I have seen that before. So I, kinda, also, I stay away from those types of people if I feel like they're just too, too animated, if they're too, not my yeah. style. It also brings me back to memories. <laughs> Maybe this is just me. But Christmas Day, when I would go to, like, my extended family, we'd have everything there. Like, there's so many people there. And the way they would do Christmas is you would, you know, youngest to oldest. And when your time came, you would open your gifts and everyone would look at you. And you have to, like, act super happy. And you have to give this (laughs) reaction of, I love it. Or, you know, if it's a dad gift, like, laugh and I just, it brings me back to those days where <laughs> I, I don't like that. I don't like giving reactions. I like being you don't. kind of informed of what I'm thinking of. So One of your top sayings uh, since I've known you is uh, a fake ass bitch. Just, and that's it. Just fake ass bitch. You, I, you've called many a person 
a fake ass bitch, probably even me, a few times. <laughs> I called you a fake ass bitch. Probably not, but I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. You don't like when nobody ain't being as real as they could be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it it kind of, yeah. I I I just don't like reaction videos. I'm I tried. You to bring tried us closer, you failed. To bring it, us closer. It, at least you know, some people don't even try. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, that's right. Maybe I should like do a very meta thing where I like react to reaction videos. And then that's just too much. Just too many screens. Uh-huh. Too many. A little screen. Um, so that's all for me. I don't uh, I got nothing else really. <laughs> I do have Trisha's and hers is short, but it has a bunch compact in there. Oh Lord. What does that mean it's short, but there's a bunch compacted? She just gives like three different ones. Okay, okay, let's get it. Okay, Jose and Katrina. Hi, Trisha. (laughs) Just wanted to share my media with y'all. I have three, but I'll make it quick. The first one is Soldier of Love by Sade. I recently rediscovered this song on her playlist called Crack and the 80s on (laughs) Apple Music. Sade perfectly puts into words what it's like being heartbroken yet still being powerful. The second media is also a song and was on that same playlist, Luxurious by Gwen Stefani. I used to listen to this damn song on my MP3 player constantly as a child. The final media is a poem by Edgar Allan Poe titled Annabelle Lee. I found an American poem book today and opened it right up to this poem, and it seemed as if it had been in the recesses of my mind for years, most likely because of school. Thank you both for being so amazing at what you do. Have a wonderful night recording. Okay. Thank you, Trishy. <laughs> um, Those are all good. Well, all I'm, I'm not familiar with the Edgar Allan Poe poem, but I You still... know, the Edgar Allan Poe poem is one of the poems I can recite off the top of my head. I had to learn in seventh grade. And which one is this again? Annabelle Lee. Oh, okay. So I've seen one. No, um... I, I did not know that. I'm familiar with The Raven because I uh, I had to read that in Miss Madden's class. Bitch. Yeah, Annabelle Lee's not as long as that one. Yeah. But we had to learn about that one. And I remember it was the seventh grade. We had to learn about it. We had to draw a picture of what we, like, about it. And then we had to recite it. And what'd you um, learn about like, it? Huh? So what'd you learn about it? I learned that it was about his, I don't want to get this wrong, but he did marry, it's like related to him, like his cousin or something, his 14-year-old cousin or something. Mm-hmm. And then she's the one who died, and then that's what it's about. And then if you read the poem, he talks about how a great wind came and took her away, and the angels were jealous, and that's why they took her away. And it was like after her death, so... It's just, a, it's a very good poem about love and death. Love and marriage. <laughs> I have to watch that. I mean, watch that. I have to read that, yeah. I'm yeah, very familiar short. with, uh, yeah, The Raven uh, and Telltale Heart. Those are the two that I know for sure. What was that? She said Luxurious and, oh, Soldier Love. Yes. Shout everything is great. And I love Luxurious, unfortunately. Everyone does because no one does cultural appropriation like Gwen. Yeah. She has mastered it. She should teach a class on it. I didn't I never told this story, even when you ha- we had talked about no. 
That's the forbidden episode. Oh, luxurious from the forbidden episode. Uh huh. Okay. In the vault, <laughs> but yeah, never, go ahead. To be, <laughs> never to be heard. Never. Um, but for a solid like year, because I had a this whenever luxurious came out in the mid early 2000s i had it on a mix cd and i hadn't heard glamorous by fergie yet so whoever made this mix cd had put the luxurious beat with the glamorous beat slightly in the background and put ludicrous on luxurious so for a year that's how i thought luxurious went until Glamorous came out, and then I saw the Luxurious video, and I said, oh, these are not the same. But I still like that version, and I still like the originals. But I think they are highly related songs, though. Like, usually, if I listen to one, I do listen to the other right after. I, I mean, and I love me some Glamorous. That's the only reason I really liked First Class by Jack Carlo, was because I was singing Glamorous. That's, Okay. I love sampling. Thank you, Beyonce. But, like, sampling, in my opinion, should be more done like Beyonce sampling, where you don't really know the original sample. Like, you you shouldn't even, like, be able to tell a sample most of the time, in my opinion. Mm. The way Jack Harlow does sampling is cheap. I think he cheapened it by just having this very popular song in his song. I don't feel I like mean- that's a... Yeah, he took most of it. That's what they pretty much do. They want to ensure it's a hit. Yeah, like, I think that's, you know, it's not even recycling. It's putting it back up. For, it's like putting the same old Christmas tree back up instead of getting a new one. Like, you can reuse parts, but I don't know. I just, I don't like that. A lot, like, I'm just using Beyonce as a reference because Renaissance sampled a lot. Mm. Um you know, a lot of those you have to like look into it like, oh, she sampled this or it's not like directly from the song. I feel like in first class, he just slowed it down a little. Hey, feel that's how just, you feel. I understand. That's just my opinion. Don't hate me, guys. That's just my opinion. It's my opinion! <laughs> <laughs> if, if you guys don't like it, I'll change it. I'll change it, guys. To an extent. Okay, then I, then I'll keep it the same for now. Yeah. So I'm sorry, I took over. Uh, oh, uh, yeah, we were talking about Trisha's media. Yeah, that was Trisha's. We took over. Uh, yeah, but uh, I agree with her. Uh, Soldier Love is the shit. Shade. I mean, my mother raised me on Shade, so I've heard Shade my whole life. So pretty much any song you name by Shade is fantastic. You so, know, I never really heard of her. Oh my gosh. That okay, let me rephrase. I've heard of her. I No, I mean like her. you don't listen to her though. Yeah, I never really listened to her. But I did love Queen Herbie's song Shade in the 90s. So I act like I love her. <laughs> like for the vibe. You're not you're a faker. You're <laughs> a fake ass bitch. <laughs> Full circle. Full freaking circle. Man, you should, I mean, I don't, I don't know, because sometimes you're into the ballads and sometimes you're not. Yeah, I. Sade is fantastic, honestly. She's, she's just all around fantastic. 
Uh, my media is simple this week. It's just going to be Pokemon. There's a new Pokemon game out. It just came out last night. And okay. Yeah. It came out like at midnight, and I was trying to finish this episode. I'm like, oh, my God, I got to finish it. We can't cancel again. So I had to finish the episode, and then finally at 3 o'clock, I got to play Pokemon. I'm like, damn, I should have <laughs> called off work. <laughs> but I've played Pokemon for all you losers out there. I've played Pokemon since the first game, and I always get the second version because they come out with, like, two, like, you know, red and blue and gold and silver. So my brother being the older one, he always got the primary game or whatever, the one that comes first, and I always get the second game. And I'm not that good, I don't think, but I have fun. <laughs> don't downplay <laughs> like, your skills. No, because people play, like, competitively, and I don't think that's as fun. I play, like, a theme. Like, I want all cats on my team, or I want all food Pokemon, or I want all pink Pokemon, or all blue Pokemon, you know? Oh, okay. Or all bug Pokemon. I, I just like having a theme. I don't really like playing for the competitiveness. But sometimes my theme is good. <laughs> um, if you guys play Pokemon, you can battle me. And if you have any opinions on them cutting out the national decks, let me know because they cut out Wobbuffet, who's my favorite Pokemon. Devastated. But that's mine. Well, I know that you are really about that Pokemon life. Um I'm a Pokemon master. Yeah. Even you had me for a second about to download Pokemon Go because you was on it when it was popular. We went to, well, it was, we. Oh, I was coming over your house and we were going to Five Guys and you were like, yeah, let's, and I had to go to CVS and you were like, yeah, let's walk over there. I might catch some Pokemon on the way. <laughs> I forgot about that, but we ain't taking no cars. We're walking everywhere so I can get some Pokemon. Okay, like, to be oh. fair, everyone oh. was doing it then. That is true. That's what Pokemon Go is popping. Jose was always trying to low key. I feel like get me in shape, and it was just <laughs> I just never took it. Never took it to heart because he was always trying to make us walk places, and I was always like, no. <laughs> But my own disadvantage, I would be that type of person who's like, oh, it's not that far of a walk. And then once I dipped down, I was like, oh, my God, this walk was so far. <laughs> or halfway through, I'm regretting it, but I can't let anyone know that. The thing was, is when we were in college doing it, we just had to, like, suck it up because there were no fucking Ubers or taxis where we were. And we were but, broke. Yeah, we were broke. And then the post-Uber world, when we had left college, we were just like, well... We don't have to take this if we don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's that's our episode, guys. Thank you so much for listening. We yes. won't be here next week. So sorry to break your hearts, but we're taking off for Thanksgiving. If you're listening to real time. If not, I don't have to tell you. Um, <laughs> you've already enjoyed your holidays. You've already enjoyed it. Please leave us a rating and a review anywhere you can. They please. were coming in hot and heavy one time, so I'm back to bedding because they stopped coming in. So please leave us a review if you enjoyed this episode. If you did not, leave us a review, a rating. Tell us what we can change, what we can improve. Mm, stress us out. Stress us out. Put say pressure I just, on us. Say I hate your voice. Pressure? 
<laughs> and if you want to reach out to us, our email is saveyoursorry at gmail.com. Yes. You can send us your media. You can give us suggestions. Yeah. You can talk about things. Mm-hmm. If our Instagram, if you want to go on there, it's Save Your Sorry. And Katrina updates episodes on there. I, I try. She tries. She tries. She tries her hardest. I try she my gives, best. She gives a good 20% effort. Thank you. 80-20 rule. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to go on Twitter, that's Save Your Sorry, but the your is spelled you are. And if it's still there, who knows? Twitter might be dying. Just like your career. Damn. (laughs) I don't know why I said that. You trying to start some drama. I I don't know. Career on life support. (laughs) Okay, thank you so much for listening. It's been wonderful. Bye. See ya. See ya. Now, what about Howard Stern?